and welcome to Bible Streams with Conspiracy Pilled, Ezekiel, The Weird Prophet, Part 4. I can't believe we're only on Part 4 because it feels like we've been doing Ezekiel for a while. Ezekiel, Ezekiel is is a thick boy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there's a lot there. Um, yeah, no, this is good. How's How are you doing tonight? I'm I'm good, I but I'm going to run out of steam quick. So I think we're probably going to have like an hour stream tonight, just so yeah. you guys know. I think None it'll be a little bit shorter. <laughs> three hour Bible streams. <clears throat> We've done some pretty long ones, and that I think part of it's because Ezekiel is very thick. It's it's a little bit repetitive at sometimes, so we want to get through bigger sections at times. Um, but yes, I am freaking not awake, guys. <laughs> I think I've slept a total of five hours in the last two days, like broken Insane. up into different spots. And I like barely woke up in time to get this set up. But we're I hope I think we're gonna get to my favorite Bible verse of all time in the Bible tonight. If we I think it's cool. in like chapter twenty three. So we'll we'll I think we should be able to get there. Okay. So we'll keep it a little bit shorter. We'll get through that. We got some interesting <laughs> stuff. Um we can find out just how weird the Bible can be. That's it is. This is one of the weirdest books. It's, it's so, so weird. weird that it's not one of the ones that people talk about being weird because they just don't talk about it at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Annie says I'm here and I'm not leaving. So is that a threat, Annie? Yeah. What the heck? Gosh. She sounds like one of those protesters that like chains themselves to a tree. And it's like don't don't chop down the tree. Um, what? Um, we are. On chapter twenty, we are on chapter twenty. Yeah, I I double checked. We've we finished okay. with nineteen last time, so we are talking about Israel's continuing rebellion, and uh, that's where we're going to start off tonight. So before we get into that, <clears throat> let's just say a prayer. Would you mind praying for us tonight? Because again, I'm too tired. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day, and for everyone who's coming in, and for PJ, and I pray that you just help us see what you want us to see in your word, um, understand it, um, ask the right questions, have the right conversations. Um, yeah, all of that. Pray you be with us tonight in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get into it. Israel's coming re- or continuing rebellion. Continuing rebellion. In the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth day of the month, certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. This is like the second time they've done this, right? Second or, second or third. Yeah. yeah. It's becoming a habit. Yeah. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, thus says the Lord God, is it to inquire of me that you have come? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Don't <laughs> ask me questions. I will not deign to, to <laughs> speak with you. Yeah, will no. you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Let them know the abominations of their fathers and say to them, thus says the Lord God on the day when I ch- like tell them that I said, because <clears throat> I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> thus is the Lord your God. On the I day can when- see it though, right? It's like, <laughs> right? it's like three people in a room and the one person's talking at the person across the room. They're like, hmm, tell them that I said, it's like they can hear him. It's like, no. tell Annie no. that I said, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I son, I think it's just you. But it I might, okay, look. I will say this. If you guys are watching Rumble tonight, we'll, we are also on YouTube. I never tell you guys to go to YouTube, but I did see that Rumble's having a DDoS attack today. Oh, gosh. I think it's gotten better. I don't know. I've been asleep for the last two, three hours. So I don't know. Before I went to bed, there was tweets from Rumble saying that they were under mm. some type of DDoS attack. 
Um, but let me know how it's working for you guys. Ice Sun says it's buffering a little bit. Hmm. Um, let me know in the chat, guys. Okay. Yeah, keep us keep us posted. Yeah. On the day when I chose Israel, I swore to the offspring of the house of Jacob, making myself known to them in the land of Egypt. I swore to them saying, I am the Lord, your God. On that day, I swore to them that I would bring them out of the land of Egypt into a land that I had searched out for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands. And I said to them, cast away the detestable things your eyes feast on every one of you and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. None of them cast away the detestable things their eyes feasted on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them and spread my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. I think this is an interesting thing we don't really talk about in the Bible. I want to talk about this part too. Go ahead. I have thoughts. Where... It's not just God's treatment of Israel has never just been reliant on Israel's behavior. It has also been about making himself known through them to the rest of the world. They're a microcosm of, or, or, um, what's another good word? Like an avatar. They're supposed to be an example. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Examples. Well, I'm not simpler, simpler, simpler word for, okay. I'll just use my third grade, you know, vocabulary (laughs) here. No, but it's like um, there's supposed to be a shining city on a hill is how it's described. But yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be like, I'm going to show you through this relationship what who I am, what worshiping me means, what the result of being my people means. And I think there are times where he could have punished them or shamed them. But for the sake of the thing he was trying to do, he didn't Mm -hmm. and cut them more slack. I want to say this too, because we've heard this argument a lot and this can go across the board for a few different things, Mm -hmm. stuff that you and me are both really passionate about, which is like the, you know, Christianity, conservatism, our beliefs, Mm -hmm. you know, values, things like that. And he says, uh, I want to just make sure I get this, but I acted for the sake of my name that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived and who said I by myself known to them. So What I'm saying is we'll hear the stuff like the Andrew Breitbart quote, which is never attack people on your own side. And we'll hear, you know, you you shouldn't say these things about the church because it makes the church look bad to the outside world. And it's like there's a there comes a point. Right. And and this is this is what God is saying. He's like, look, I don't want to shame you in front of the world because Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be a representation of me. But you are being poor representatives of me. And I have to you're so bad. I have to shame you. And I think this is something that we have to wrestle with at times is like, do we want to just cons- cons- continually complain about our own side, our own you know people to the point where we're just like naysayers and making our own sides look bad? Or is there a point where it comes where it's like, look, I know that we're supposed to be on the same side, but if you don't hold yourself to a, your own standards, standard, if you're not yeah. like actually representing the things you're supposed to represent the church or the conservative movement or whatever, you know, what have you at some point you have to call them out on it. And that's what God's doing to his own people here. He's like, I want you to show the rest of the world who I am. You're being such poor uh, representatives that I'll show who I am by punishing you in front of the world. Yeah, It's kind of, it's interesting, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's interesting that there's, there's like extra grace there. 
Yeah. Which is, uh, which is what I'm saying, which is what I think we are supposed to be at with our own people, our own side, mm-hmm. right? It's like, there's grace. You want to, you know, like you want them to be the representation and right. you want to show their, their good side to the world and why you, you know, believe in the thing. Like I said, the church being a, a good example here, but there's a certain point where the church has become so, it's like, it's like saying, don't call it Joel Ep- uh, Osteen. Don't call yeah. it Joel Osteen because you'll make the church look bad. It's like, no, he makes the church look bad. He's prof. You know, right. he's you have to profaning the off. word of God, right? Yeah. yeah. He's turning it into some prosperity gospel nonsense and you have to call these people out. Yeah. But then there are people like I saw a tweet last night that was like, if a Christian uh, thought leader, it was it was definitely a subtweet of like a particular person but sure. like, is against the death penalty. They should be. I saw that. They tweet. should be yeah. ignored and dismissed. And I'm like. This is a this is a minor theological disagreement between faithful believers. But have you, you notice that sometimes those same people will be like this issue, which is not the most important issue, and we can have you know faithful disagreements right. on it. I'm going to make this my you know cut off relationships issue. But you know if a yeah. pastor gets you know cheats on his wife, we're going to make sure we don't talk about that publicly. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to make the church yeah. look bad. And it's like. Bullet doctrines. I've talked about this before. Bullet doctrines. Like there are things where it's like, let's have good faith disagreements, right? Where it's like, I'm, I might be strong on my opinion, but it's not like a, mm-hmm. it's not like a, well, you know, if you don't believe right. this, you're an apostate or you're a heretic or whatever. It's like, we can yeah. disagree. Um, the idea that an item in Levitical law is <laughs> that that important to you is is wild to me that's like, true guys, it didn't even that's come out true. of jesus's mouth like i get it if you're talking about something that came out of jesus's mouth but even then there are things that are like good faith disagreements and, and good faith differences of opinion on yeah. on what exactly but those are the ones mean. that people want to like make and break with everybody over right like why do we have so many different <laughs> denominations it's over like little stuff half the time <laughs> half, yeah, half the time yeah Sometimes it's over big things. I'm not saying it's not, but sometimes understandings. I think that there are some things where it's like, it's not that Christians should break faith in general over this, but I understand why the group of people you worship with regularly, you would want those people to all agree on this kind of foundational issue. because So much is built off of it. I think like the Calvinist Arminian, like, um, foundational understanding of like how far the sovereignty of God goes. I think that that like informs so many things that I can understand why you or things would... like grace by faith alone and sola scriptura right, and things like that right. that are like, yeah, like I will still be friends with those people. I will, I enjoy talking to those people about the Bible. I think that they're good Christians, but like as far as your Bible studies are constantly going to be derailed if if you disagree about foundational stuff like that, so I can understand. Yeah, like with a Calvinist, right? Like I'm not gonna, I'm gonna have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so like I don't think denominations on that to that regard are are bad. When you're no, like, I'm not even not saying denominations this, are bad. I'm just saying like there are people out there who will make their whole life about this one right thing that's not even that important drums in church are evil therefore yeah, i'm gonna yeah. start a new church like that's that's a, a little silly for, yeah. for a denominational separation anyway. my my family going back are like quakers so <laughs> like all music was was evil to like my great grandparents or something like this that. explains a lot of things about you <laughs> anyway yep. okay 
Um, but I acted for the sake of my name that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, in whose sight I made myself known to them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So I led them out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and made known to them my rules, by which if a person does them, he shall live. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, but rejected my rules, by which if a person does them, he shall live. And my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. They Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness to make a full end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. So he's going to keep repeating this concept throughout this chapter. Mm-hmm. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land that I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands, because they rejected my rules and did not walk in my statutes and profane my Sabbaths, for their heart went after their idols. Nevertheless, my eye spared them, and I did not destroy them or make a full end of them in the wilderness. And I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourselves with their idols. Sometimes in this whole story, he kind of gives up on one generation, and then he's like, we're going to pick this up with the next it, one. <laughs> this is so interesting, too, because he's he's um, referencing a few things before. The first reference was the golden calf mm-hmm. uh, that uh, was brought up in the wilderness. And this one, I, I feel like he's talking about Gideon. He said, and I said to their children, well, no, I guess it's still in the wilderness. But uh, Gideon, his, his father, he, he was called to basically in the middle of the night, like sabotage his father's ball statue and Asherah mm-hmm. pole. And he was supposed to tear the Asherah pole down, light mm-hmm. it on fire and use the fire from the Asherah pole <laughs> to burn the Baal statue. Yeah. And like his dad almost killed him over it. Like it was yeah. a big thing like that yeah. generation. He's like, I've given up on them, but if you will like oh, you literally destroy your parents idols, we can, you know, save his. Yeah. 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 We think, we think a lot about like rebellious children, <clears throat> going toward evil, but, mm-hmm. but there's generations of rebellious children that rebel toward good. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Yep. Uh, and I said to their children in the wilderness, do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord, your God walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules and keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord, your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes and were not careful to obey my rules, by which if a person does them, he shall live. They profaned my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them and spread my anger against them in the wilderness. But I withheld my hand and acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the nations." And dispersed them through the countries because they had not obeyed my rules, but had rejected my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths, and their eyes were set on their father's idols. Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good, in rules by which they could not have life. And I defiled them through their very gifts in their offering up, all their firstborn, that I might devastate them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord. I'm not sure I understand those two verses. I want to, yeah, I want to look. See if I have any notes here on it. So this is 20, 25, and 26. Mm-hmm. One moment. <clears throat> Sacrifice. Okay. So I gave them laws through which they could not live, just as God's judgment unto the creation, just as God's judgments unto the creation order. See Genesis 6, 9 through 9, 29. 
and undo human history so that the act of judgment he turns, the laws he gave them is the way to... Sorry, sometimes these notes are a little weird and I'm just trying to see if there's anything like good in here. Um, so he... Let me see. So this is a saying, I think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there's turns of phrase, sayings, sure. idioms, things like that, and yeah. that are harder for us to understand. Um, it most likely refers to God's uh, requirement that Israel dedicate to him every firstborn male, which kings Ahaz and Manasseh, under the influence of the pagan religion of Israel's neighbors, radicalized into a law calling for actual sacrifice of the first. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So what he's saying is dedicate your sons to me like like they did with um uh, why can't I think of the, the judge's name Samson, right? Like mm-hmm. your firstborn, you're gonna not cut his hair, you're gonna make sure you dedicate him to the temple because he's from the Levitical line. And there were kings who were like, Dedicate your firstborn to me, child sacrifice. Hmm. And they took it in a totally different okay. pe- pagan way. All right, I'm gonna read these two verses again real quick. Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good and rules by which they could not have life. And I defiled them through their very gifts in their offering up all their firstborn that I might devastate them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord. I'm still struggling with this. So the the law about the firstborn usually, because the Samson was a special case. Right, yeah usually was your firstborn belongs to me and you have to buy him back with a sheep. So they would sacrifice a sheep in place of the firstborn. Um, yeah. Like the context kind of helps, but it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, I wonder if a fair reading of this would be to say when you are walking with God and you are in in sync with God and you keep his law, it's good and it has good outcomes. When you are not walking with God and you are keeping the law out of legalism, the law itself devastates you. I think that's how I'm reading it, too, is like. Because this reminds there's there's so much in Ezekiel and and Judges and other parts of of the Bible of the Old Testament Job or not mm-hmm. Job um, Jonah's another one mm-hmm. where you see God's plan for salvation that's fulfilled in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So people that you know look at the Old Testament and just see this angry, <clears throat> vengeful God are missing so many things, right? Right. And in this, I'm seeing two things. I'm seeing what you're saying, right? Which is if you're keeping the laws out of legalism, this is the Pharisees. This is mm-hmm. you know. But I'm also seeing it as like the the point of the law, as Jesus says, is to show you that you can't fulfill it, that you yes. cannot possibly live to the standard that I've set for you. Mm-hmm. And this is why you need grace. And this is why you need a savior. And this is why you need salvation. So I think that's what we're seeing here is I gave them statutes that were not, that could not give them life. Mm-hmm. And then they defiled themselves essentially by taking the firstborn thing and making this legalistic child sacrifice ritual mm. out of it. Um, yeah. That is a hard verse. That is a, that is a very, or set of verses. It is. Difficult. And I think part of it is like I was pointing out earlier, some, some of these are like old Hebrew Jewish yeah. phrases, like turn a phrase idioms and things like that. that are harder for us to sure <clears throat> conceptualize. But I think if I had to put it into something, right. 
The statutes yeah. and the rules by themselves are not life giving. Like right. God had a covenant with them, the blessings and the curses. Like if you keep this law, I will bless you. It's not that the law is blessing you; it's that I'm blessing you. Yeah. Um. And yeah. The rules themselves are just are just empty. You can't have life through them. Annie says, I thought it meant gave them up to like Romans 128. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased oh. mind to do what ought not be done. So like not I gave them statutes that were not good, but like <clears> I gave <throat> them up to statutes that were not good. Like you're kind of suggesting there's a missing word there in the translation almost. Well, I think this is, again, like this phrase here, I gave them statutes that were not good and rules by which they could not have life. Mm -hmm. That does just remind me so much of what Jesus said, right? Like, right. Yeah. You can, the the purpose of the law in part is to show you that you can't live up to it. This does not give you life. And then I defiled them through their gifts. Their gifts where they were giving their children as literal sacrifice because they were not, actually hmm. you know it was became legalistic and they mixed paganism into their culture yeah all right we'll, we'll move on definitely if you need to keep struggling with those verses do so yeah um, i don't i don't think it's it's like i think you you take stuff like that to god that's difficult and be like show me show me like help me understand this um you keep working on it until and we can and we can do it. this as a community as well like if people have different interpretations and they're watching this later and we want to have a discussion in discord yeah. we can kind of revisit it so 100%. ezekiel 25 20 25 and 26 that's something i'm going to do some more research on and think about yeah. so move on for for now though yeah therefore son of man speak to the house of israel and say to them thus says the lord god in this also your fathers blaspheme me by dealing treacherously with me for when i had brought them into the land that i swore to give them well, <laughs> Wherever they saw any high hill or any leafy tree, there they offered their sacrifices, and there they presented the provocation of their offering. There they sent up their pleasing aromas, and there they poured out their drink offerings. I said to them, what is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. And Bama means high place. Okay. Okay. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, will you defile yourselves after the manner of your fathers and go whoring after their detestable things? When you present your gifts and offer up your children in the in fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols to this day. And shall I be inquired of by you, O house of Israel? And you'll ask me questions? Ha! You'll, oh, you'll take the high places, name them after your false gods, kill your children there, and then you'll come to me. And, and then you'll come ask me questions. Yeah. Ask me questions. For prophecy. Just yeah. to like shorten. Yeah. Yeah. Put that in English. <laughs> As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. And and it's not just asking him questions. In this case, it's asking him for words of prophecy, I believe. <clears throat> right? Yeah, it's like, let me get what I can get out of my false gods. And then when I need you, I'll come to you. Mm-hmm. And God's like, yeah, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. I'm not your side piece. A hundred percent. What is in your mind shall never happen. The thought, let us be like the nations, like the tribes of the countries and worship wood and stone. He's like, I don't care how much you want to be like the other countries. I've set you apart and you're not going to do it. I'm not going to let you. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. 
As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge out the rebels from among you and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I kind of think we're in this right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe we have been for a couple generations. This like process of gathering them in wrath. Yeah. Because they've, they've been scattered and then you have like gathering in the Holocaust and like, like incredible, incredible um, suffering for them, but we we're still seeing it. We're still seeing a process of gathering and and um, adversity. As yeah, absolutely. Israel is is more and more filled with with people and and people who I, I'm hearing people, Jewish people in the United States, starting to say, I. Uh, I feel safer when I'm visiting Israel and, you know, like that thought under rocket barrage. Yeah. Yeah. Passing through people's minds. I I hate to say it, but I think that we're actually getting, you know, how the Lord talks about like hardening Pharaoh's heart (laughs) at a certain point when he's, he's hardened his own heart seven times. And then God's like, all right, Mm. you made your decision. I'm going to continue to harden your heart. I think there's so many people who've hardened their heart against God's people and against Mm -hmm. the Jews and things like that, that now we're going to see a hardening of their hearts in a, we are seeing it, I believe. And yeah. I, I've said this before, but I would not be surprised if a lot more prominent religious Jews are packing up and going back to, to, Israel, to Israel in the next few years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that like as much as the thing that that's kind of caused that, the, cause I think that what's happening is anti-Semitism is driving them out of the nations where they are back to Israel the thing that's the driving factor is an evil thing, but the result that the people are gathered back to their promised land is something mm-hmm. that God's promised. And so that I have a hard time seeing prophecy being fulfilled as a bad thing. So, uh, ice sun says it boggles my mind that they strayed away from God to the little G gods. I mean, it happens all the, it happens around yeah. us all the time. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about what they're being promised, like, we, we talked about this with Asherah specifically, right? It's like literal pride parades are three to 4,000 years old. The month of June mm. being a month of, you know, transgender right. celebration in the streets with lewd orgies and um, mm-hmm. Baal, prom, you know, the promising them good weather and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, prosperity and stuff like that. Like we see people chasing after prosperity and, and weird sex stuff all the time. We just don't think about it the same way because we've churched it up. Oh, it's, it's not God's. It's just, you know, these are the things that I want. It's this is flesh. good. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's the same thing. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, the, <clears throat> what God asks us for is difficult. He, 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 he's, he's said that, right. He's like, yeah. I, I will help you with it, but it is a harder path that few, fewer people are going to, to take. Right. 
kind the of narrow, the narrow path. gate and all yeah. that for sure. So, okay. As 39. for you, yep. as for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, go serve every one of you, his idols now and hereafter. If you will not listen to me, but my holy name, you shall no more profane with your gifts and your idols. For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God. He's talking about the Temple Mount, right? That's the holy mountain. <clears throat> the mountain height of Israel. Yeah, I think so. Hold on. That's got to be. Mentioned only here in Ezekiel, it refers to Jerusalem or Zion. Okay. Okay. So all so the people of Israel just... includes a remnant of the northern kingdom, which fell. Yeah. Okay. So kind of a broader mountain than kind of like that mystical Mount Zion as opposed to specifically the Temple Mount. Yeah, I think so. Okay. For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God. It's kind of a metaphorical mountain, I guess. There all the house of Israel, all of them shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will require your contributions and the choices of your gifts with all your sacred offerings. As a pleasing aroma, I will accept you when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defiled yourselves, and you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you have committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward the south land, preach against the south, and prophesy against the forest land in the Negeb. Say to the forest of the Negeb, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. The blazing flame shall not be quenched, and all faces from south to north shall be scorched by it. All flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It shall not be quenched. Then I said, ah, Lord God, they are saying of me, is he not a maker of parables? So he's like, they come asking for prophecy. They get prophecy and they're like, it's just a parable, you guys. This yeah. This is a metaphor. Yeah. But the metaphor like in this fire, the metaphor in this case is, you know, uh, the destruction and, and judgment of, of Jerusalem for how they've mm -hmm. acted towards him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like, was, you want me to prophesy? I'm going to prophesy doom and gloom yeah. upon you and it's going to be really bad. So. You, you want to go worship Baal and you want to worship Ashra and you want to ignore me and then say, hey, by the way, can you tell me, you know, am I going to have good weather tomorrow? Am I going to win the lottery? Like, <laughs> give me some give me some uh, fortune telling God. And he's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to destroy you. They're like, what? <laughs> That's a cute story. You're telling me <laughs> you joker. <laughs> good one. God. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Chapter 21. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem and preach against the sanctuaries. Prophesy against the land of Israel and say to the land of Israel, thus says the Lord, behold, I am against you and will draw my sword from its sheath and will cut off from you both righteous and wicked because I will cut off from you both righteous and wicked. Therefore, my sword shall be drawn from its sheath against all flesh from south to north and all flesh shall know that I am the Lord. I have drawn my sword from its sheath and it shall not be sheathed again. 
As for you, son of man, groan with breaking heart and bitter grief, groan before their eyes. And when they say to you, why do you groan? You shall say, because of the news that it is coming. Every heart will melt and all hands will be feeble. Every spirit will faint and all knees will be weak as water. Behold, it is coming and it will be fulfilled, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord God, a sword, a sword is sharpened and also polished sharpened for slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Or shall we rejoice? You have despised the rod, my son, with everything of wood. So the sword is given to be polished, then it may be grasped in the hand. It is sharpened and polished to be given into into the hand of the slayer. I feel like this is also about the Holocaust in the sense that he's saying, I have punished you with the rod of wood and you despised it. Like, I... I disciplined you in all the ways that I could, and now it's going to be a sword. Yeah, that's, I know. It, it, there's so much to that metaphor right there that I feel like is interesting. It's like, tried to, I tried to, to you know, punish you in, in softer ways and give you mm-hmm. like a, a quick rap on the knuckles per se, you know, perhaps, mm-hmm. and be like, all right, stop that. Go this way. And it's like, nope. All right. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot worse. Yeah. Now. It used to, it, it used to really bother me that there were significant things that happened to Israel that were not prophesied. But I think I was, I was looking in the wrong place. I was looking in revelation Mm -hmm. in revelation. It's almost like everything that the Jews needed to know, everything that that the prophecy that was specifically for them is in Ezekiel. Right. It's, It's in Daniel. It's in Ezekiel. And then once we get to, you know, Jesus comes in, in Israel, but he already knows he's going to be rejected by them. He already knows that he's coming to Rome. He's coming to, that the gospel is going to go out to the Gentiles Mm -hmm. and, and Israel is still living out this set of prophecies that have been given to them years and years before. Then we get the Matthew 24 and revelation prophecies. And those are, they are about Israel, but they're about Israel much later in the game than, than, you know, world war two and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like a lot of what Ezekiel is saying is like, this is happening now, but it's going to continue happening and it's going to happen until the end of, right. of time. And there seems to be a lot of like, those references, right? Is like, yeah. you, you're going to keep turning away from me and I'm going to ha- keep trying to, to bring you back. Mm-hmm. And when you don't listen and you turn to your false gods for too long, I'm going to have to deal with you more harshly. And by, by that I'm going to have is an, I'm going to let other people come in and conquer you repeatedly mm-hmm. until, until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it isn't until revelation that we get <coughs> to see victory again. Right. In Israel. Yeah. Cause even when Jesus comes, there's not like they're looking for a political victory and they they're looking for a military victory. Yeah. A lot they of them. Do not yeah. Get one. So yeah. Like that's what the zealots were. They were like militant Jews who were like yeah. working in secret to like overthrow the Roman government. Mm-hmm. So when you hear about Simon, the zealot, it's like, yeah, this guy was like an assassin, like yeah. straight up. Right. So like, yeah, he, and, and he, like he, and they believed that the Messiah was going to be a military yeah. savior. That's why when he came in and you know, they're laying down palms, they're like, this is the guy that's going to like rally the troops. 
you know? Yeah. And then can't be, couldn't be him. It was not, yeah. it was not what they thought. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Cry out and wail, O son of man, for it is against my people. It is against all the princes of Israel. They are delivered over to the sword with my people. Strike therefore upon your thigh, for it will not be a testing. What could it do if you despise the rod, declares the Lord God. As for you, son of man, prophesy. Clap your hands and let the sword come down twice, yes, three times. The sword for those to be slain. It is the sword for the great slaughter, which surrounds them that their hearts may melt and may stumble. At all their gates I have given the glittering sword. Ah, it is made like lightning. It is taken up for slaughter. Cut sharply to the right. Set yourself to the left, wherever your face is directed. I also will clap my hands, and I will satisfy my fury. I, the Lord, have spoken. I mean, how is this not about the Holocaust? Am I wrong? Like, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to read something in that isn't there. I was thinking about that myself where it's like, this is going to keep happening is what it sounds like. Right. Yeah. But it feels like it's also talking about like a specific. Yeah. Really terrible instance. Yeah. Cause you've got this, right? You've got this before they rebuild their land. Right. And mm-hmm. then they've got, you know, the occupation of, of the Romans and then they're destroyed. The Romans, you know, rename the country Palestine to, to yeah. piss off the, the people who live there. Um, and then you've got the Holocaust, right? Chad is real quiet. Guys, I got I to yeah. know what you're thinking about all this. Chad you're allowed to think I'm dumb. Like <laughs> we're all in this together because Ezekiel, again, I think it's like one of those. It's so weird. It might be the weirdest book. It's so weird that we don't even talk about how weird it is because we just don't touch it. Most people don't. <clears throat> I, I don't even like there are books I clock as, oh, Song of Solomon. That's a book we don't really read in church. But I don't <laughs> clock Ezekiel as a book we, <clears throat> we shy away from, but we really do. Right. When have you ever heard a sermon on Ezekiel that wasn't like maybe pin a pinpointed tiny passage of feel good. There's a couple of, of books that uh, I just can't think of ever in my life really hearing a sermon on other than like, like you said, like maybe there's a verse or a small part of Ezekiel that gets preached. Um, Amos Mm. is another one that never gets preached. Mm. Interesting though. Um, to think about, have you, have you guys ever thought how Jonah Micah is the LMNOP of the Bible? Wait, wait, say that again. Jonah Micah Nahum is the LMNOP of the Bible. Goes, that's, that's a good Amos, point. Omidiah, Jonah Micah Nahum, Habakkuk. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for real, for halfway through kindergarten, thought LMNO was a letter. So <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed to let you guys letters. know. I'm, if, I, if I create a new letter for the English language, it's going to be LMNO. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That Thus was, declares that my... PJ, the ruler of the world, that LMNO now is a real letter. Jonah Micah Nahum is my favorite Bible book. Yep. All right. Um, we should do a Jonah Micah Nahum stream. That would be hilarious. Jonah okay. Micah Nahum. All right. I like it. <laughs> 
what's gonna happen, you guys. Um, where were we? Oh, I don't okay, know. I got it. The 18? word of, 18, yeah. yeah. The word of the Lord came to me again. As for you, son of man, mark two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to come. Both of them shall come from the same land and make a signpost. Make it at the head of the way to a city. Mark a way for the sword to come to Rabbah of the Ammonites and to Judah and to Jerusalem, the fortified. For the king of Babylon stands at the parting of the way at the head of the two ways to use divination. He shakes arrows. He consults the teraphim. He looks at the liver. Into his right hand comes the divination for Jerusalem to set battering rams, to open the mouth with murder, to lift up the voice with shouting, to set battering rams against the gates, to cast up mounds, to build siege towers. But to them, it will seem like a false divination. They have sworn solemn oaths, but he brings their guilt to remembrance that they may be taken. I don't think Your cat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, what were you saying? My little boy cat has discovered loneliness. <laughs> and when he gets Welcome lonely, to the club, buddy. When he gets lonely, he goes outside a door and just caterwauls here at Olivia. <clears throat> you talk oh, yeah, for we can all hear it. We'll say hi to him. All right. I'm trying to see if I can still hear him. There we go. Now he's the star of the show. Say hi, boy. Wait. Yeah. No, let me. He's not so lonely anymore. This isn't what I wanted when I said, please (laughs) give me some attention. He's like, please let me go. All right. Sometimes I have to just remind him why he doesn't want attention, and then he'll uh, leave me alone for a while. Answered Seder says, driving and listening is hard. I prefer to follow along with my Bible. Hard to follow yeah. along without it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This, yeah, this this two swords and the king of Babylon thing, I, I have no idea what this is about. Sorry, what, read that verse again about the, which which verse is it? It's um well it's this whole passage from eighteen to twenty three that we just read. Where the king of Babylon's standing at the parting of these two ways and he's like doing all this divination and the divination tells him Israel, so he attacks Israel. Yeah, maybe that's all it really is. I mean It is interesting using, yeah. that that like this whatever this king is doing like dark dark magic divination consulting mm-hmm. with the liver and and all that and and the answer is go kill Israel yeah therefore thus is the Lord God because you have made your guilt to be remembered in that your transgressions are uncovered so that in all your deeds your sins appear because you have come to remembrance you shall be taken in hand and you O profane wicked one prince of Israel whose day has come the time of your final punishment. Now, I think when he says Prince of Israel, is he talking about a little G God here? Which verse? I'm sorry. I'm, I got lost on where we're at. Okay. 2125. And you, O profane. Oh, 2125. Okay. Prince of Egypt, whose day has come, the time of your final punishment. It's the my, my, uh, my Bible says it's talking about Zedekiah. Okay. Okay. 
that there's other references to Zedekiah in this being gotcha. used, talked about that way. So thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. I'm not sure I agree with that. Or maybe it could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Remove the turban and take off the crown. Things shall not remain as they are. Exalt that which is low and bring low that which is exalted. A ruin, 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 I will make it. This also shall not be until he comes. The one to whom judgment belongs and I will give it to him. That's got to be. That's that's Jesus, right? The one to whom judgment belongs. Because there's this... In Revelation, it's the only person who's worthy to open the the scroll of judgment mm-hmm. is the Lamb who was slain. Right. So that makes this shall this also shall not be until he comes, the one to whom judgment belongs, and I will give it to him. I think he's talking. Well, I could be wrong, but that's why I don't think it's Zedekiah because I think we're past Zedekiah in the timeline at this point in the prophecy. But again, I'm like, guys, I'm just reading this, and uh, and what? Yeah, my Bible says that this is a this is a allusion to Jesus as well. Interesting. Twenty one twenty seven. How can it be about Zedekiah if this also shall not be until he comes? You're you're talking about two different things. You're talking about twenty five, and then you're talking about twenty seven. Yeah. So twenty five, and you, O profane, wicked one, prince of Israel. That's Zedekiah. You, Jesus wouldn't be the wicked, profane prince no, no, of Israel. No, no, obviously not. Right. That's Who's what I was saying. Come? That's who I'm saying is Zedekiah. And then 27, it's talking about, it's talking about the Messiah. I think it's, I think it's too. Um, I'm saying I think verse 25 is about is about somebody else, maybe even not a human, but like prince of Israel, like you say, prince of Persia, like prince of the past. Yeah, of the but air. but but. Uh, that would that would imply that there is a fallen angel prince set over Israel, not not the Lord. It's not like it's not His land. You know what I mean? Isn't 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 there? Hasn't there been a a fight? Like you know, um, you have your everyone's paired up like. Well, it's like uh, in, in, in Revelation, right? There's there's seven churches with seven angels over them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when it talks about other countries like Persia, it talks about there being a prince of Persia, fallen angel. I don't think, I don't think there's a fallen angel ruling over Israel. Not no, if it's God's chosen land, holy land. I don't not not one that God has has given dominion, but is there not? one who is assigned by Satan to specifically work that area. I have no idea. It could be. I'm just saying like it's there's reference referential verses here that are saying like, this is how you know that it's Zedekiah it's talking about. Oh, so like, okay. let me, let me look it up. So 21, 25. So you'd have to go back to chapter seven, verse 27, which is, and he's like, isn't the king of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar and King Saul's son is Prince Jonathan, the prince of Israel? She got it. It's, yeah, it's Jonathan. <laughs> the king will mourn, the prince will be clothed with despair, and the land of his people will be the land. So 
it's talking about the prince in 727 being Zedekiah. Maybe I think that's what it's trying to reference. But it, you you could be right. It could be saying it could something be more those... supernatural. John says a fallen angel at the river in the West Bank. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Where the terrorists live. Yes. Yeah, we we can move on from this one. I think it really depends on like where we are in the timeline as far as what this prophecy is about. Because I think when a when a prince is referenced, it would make sense to make it be the prince who is currently the prince at the time this is being spoken. But it seems like the things that are being spoken are like way down the timeline. It could be. I, I don't know. Or maybe it's all just kind of wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I think this is talking about a specific time though. Like this is talking about a specific judgment that's happening right now. Like this is this is the time right to them right right this second right this second. You should be taken in hand, and you all profane wicked prince of Israel, whose mm-hmm. day has come, not mm-hmm. will come. Time of your final punishment. Because but you have anyway. come to remembrance and you shall be taken in hand. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of messy. I'm sorry. But this also shall not be until he comes, the one to whom judgment belongs, and I will give it to him. And you, son of man, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord God concerning the Ammonites and concerning their reproach, say a sword. A sword is drawn for the slaughter. It is polished to consume and to flash like lightning. While they see for you false visions, while they divine lies for you to place you on the necks of the profane wicked whose day has come, the time of their final punishment, return it to its sheath. In the place where you were created, in the land of your origin, I will judge you. And I will pour out my indignation upon you. I will blow upon you with the fire of my wrath, and I will deliver you into the hands of brutish men, skillful to destroy. You shall be fuel for the fire. Your blood shall be in the midst of the land. You shall be no more remembered, for I, the Lord, have spoken. Looking at how long 22 is. Yeah. Okay. (coughs) How how much more do you want to do tonight? We can finish 22. All right, let's do that. Okay. Okay. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, and you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. You shall say, thus is the Lord God, a city that sheds blood in her midst so that her time may come and that makes idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed and defiled by the idols that you have made and you have brought your days near. The appointed time of your years has come. Therefore, I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mockery to all the countries. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you. Your name is defiled. You are full of tumult. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, every one according to his power, have been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. There are men in you who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains. They commit lewdness in your midst. In you men uncover their father's nakedness, in which in you they violate women who are unclean in their midst menstrual impurity 
One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. Another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you, they take bribes to shed blood. You take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbors by extortion. But me, you have forgotten, declares the Lord God. So I want to point out that even when he's speaking broadly about the whole nation, like I'm really, really mad at you guys for being so awful, he also cares about all of these individuals who are being hurt yeah inside he's not like you guys all suck and you guys all deserve what you get he's like i'm really mad about these like specific things that are happening to people in to jewish people inside israel right yeah he's talking about the individual like innocent people who are being hurt by yeah and not even necessarily innocent but just these are right. evil things that shouldn't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, Behold, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made and at the blood that has been in your midst. Can your courage endure or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries and I will consume your uncleanness out of you. I like that's so that's such a good line. And I will consume your uncleanness out of you. Yeah. It, it's uh it just reminds me of like you know, I don't know if it's a stupid metaphor, but like burning away the chaff and things like that, like mm-hmm. you know, a refining fire type type concept. Yeah. And you shall be profaned by your own doing in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. Therefore, thus is the Lord God, because you have all become dross. Therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as one gathers silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into a furnace to blow the fire on it in order to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath and I will put you in and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. And the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst. Oh, he said the word. (laughs) (laughs) The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the clean and the unclean. And they have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining can, lies. Can we them. pause for a second? Because yeah. there's something back here that is interesting. Is <clears throat> I think that I think that we've seen this in because we both grew up in the nineties in you know, church mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And I think this was something that was just not it's not been thought of I think people understand now like a lot of people our age look back and they're like that was kind of weird but they maybe don't know how to put it mm-hmm. he says you have made no distinction between the holy and the common mm-hmm. and 
I'm trying to think of how to say this, but it feels like so much of what was weird about (laughs) 90s church culture was like trying to make everything just seem commonplace. Like Jesus is my homeboy, right? Like Jesus is not like holy savior God. He's just... He's just my homeboy. He's my co-pilot. He's, yeah. you know, he's cool. I'm cool with, I'm down with JC. I'm cool with JC. All the mundane meta- metaphors, gay metaphors for like, cause that's what it is, right? It's like right. this really, it's this really gay kind of way of like talking about <laughs> the, the Messiah, about yeah. God incarnate. And I don't know, man, it's just. That that whole idea, the, the distinction between the holy and the common getting forgotten and doesn't get talked about. Yeah. And I think I think it also comes back to a lot of what we talk about, too, with this show, which is like we've just made mundane miracle, the miracles in the Bible and, and the, the weirdness mm-hmm. and the supernatural aspects of of our mm-hmm. faith. Right. It's like, yeah. yeah, I guess, you know, like God made himself man and like died and rose again from the dead. But like, I can't believe in, you know, yeah. UFOs and weirdness in the Bible and, and Nephilim and, uh, miracles and, and healing and cat, yeah. you know, raising the dead. And because we've made the Holy so mundane and so boring. And it's like, there, there's just something really wrong about it. I don't know. I think there's just something about like Christianese church culture that has just made the holy common and mundane and like a, a t-shirt slogan. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's just no reverence for God because he's just your homeboy. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That stuff pisses me off, but I, I think it's important. Yeah. So we can keep uh, going. Okay. Let's see. Thus says the Lord. Okay. Uh, and her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, seeing false visions. I'm sorry. Uh, saying, thus says the Lord God when the Lord has not spoken. So false prophecies, prophecy, false prophecies, false prophecies, <laughs> false, yeah, false prophets, false prophecy. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> what is that like baby talk? False prophecies. <laughs> It's it's my brain just mixing your, your slang it's new lingo. Yeah. You ever do that where you're like trying yeah. to say something, your brain mixes two words? That's what happened. All the time. Um the people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted from the sojourner without justice. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord God. I feel like he's saying, like, if I could have found one leader, like, if I could have found one good king among you, I would have done it, and I would have made him your leader, and he would have made a difference, you know? But instead, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and Ezekiel, as good a prophet as he is, couldn't have ever been that. That's not who he is. He's not Answer- like a stand in the gap and Yeah, exactly. Answer Sater says my homeboy prophies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No, we're we're not we're not making that a slogan. No. Merch. My nice. homeboy prophies, bro. Let's nice try. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. 
So that is through, that was 20 That's through 22. 22. Yeah. And I just want to say, I feel like we came up against certain things to think about and pray over and, and, mm. and, uh, wrestle with this week. So yeah. I, I, this is, this is something that's very different about what we're trying to do. And it's frustrating to me a little bit sometimes. And I, I'm sure it's frustrating to Abby as well. Sometimes where it's like, I, I feel like what we're being called to here's, what's weird guys is I wanted to research and do a bunch of research on these, these chapters today before we came here and it just didn't happen. And it felt like God was telling me, no, I think you need to come here and I think you just need to read the word and you need to struggle with mm. it. And I think that's what there's a, there's a frustration there with like, I wish I could just had the answers. I wish I could look at the the things and not be like, that, that's weird. But yeah. I think the struggle is part of it, right? Like that's, that's another word for passion is struggle. And I think that's mm -hmm. what we're supposed to be doing is as a community. I know some people have been like, some people come to these Bible streams and then send us messages afterwards. Like you guys don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yes, that's what yes. we're saying guys. Yes. Like we're not, we've, we've been saying this from the beginning. These we're not here preaching. We're not saying we have all the answers. We just feel like as a community, we want to come together, read the Bible, read parts of the Bible in full context and wrestle with them together and mm -hmm. talk through them together. So there's not probably a ton of answers here um, tonight. I feel like maybe we just need to, be aware of what's there, what mm -hmm. we don't understand. And then we can have those conversations. We can have those, we can pray about those things. We can talk about yeah. those things as a community. And I think that's the, the point and the purpose of, of what we're doing sometimes. So there's not, I definitely think that there's a language of prophecy that yeah. is all through the Bible that I don't know. Like, I don't know that language. Yeah. There's like a way that time is all over the place. And, um, sometimes, I expect that something to be linear. I'm like, we were just talking about this thing and now we're talking about this thing. I'm like, how are we jumping all over the place in the timeline? But like God's outside of time and he's kind of giving some of this seems like more general, like I'm going to do these types of things. There's also so you. many times in the Bible where it's like, here's a thing that's absolutely what's happening right now, mm -hmm. but it's definitely not just about right now. Yeah. Um, and that can be confusing sometimes. Sometimes they're really confusing until the thing happens, right? Like yeah. they're really like, I have no idea why that's in the Bible. And then the thing happens, right? And and we yeah. see these links. I, we've sh shared this picture before where it's like the Bible opened up and there's all these arches between like, mm -hmm. here's where it's first said and here's where it is referenced. Again. And in fact, one of the examples I gave, I think last time we did a stream was it says that uh, he'll, you know, a prophet will come up out of Egypt, right? Or, or whatever, like, and it gives this whole prophecy that is about Abraham, mm -hmm. but then it completely is about Jesus. Yeah. It's yeah. this dual fulfillment prophecy. And I think that's what Ezekiel, what we're, re what we recognized in Daniel. So we've gone through, we went through revelation. Mm -hmm. We went through Daniel and Daniel's like, here's all these things are going to happen, but they're definitely about, uh, the, the Maccabean revolt. They're definitely about yeah. the, the raising of the temple, the abomination of desolation in the holy place, mm -hmm. but they're not just about the, the abomination of desolation, in the holy place in 200 BC or 50 BC yeah. or whatever. They're definitely about 
things that are re-referenced in Revelation is in like, that was the first time and it preceded the first coming of Christ. And then we're going to see it again mm. preceding the second coming of Christ. So Daniel's very interesting. Some people, we've talked about preterist views. They'll, they'll believe that, that Daniel's literally only about that. And it's definitely not about Revelation, even though Revelation references Daniel a lot. Or yeah. I guess they'll say that it is, but it already happened, right? Right. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing in Ezekiel as well is like, there's this whole thing in Ezekiel about the Jews are going to be pro, 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 persecuted. I almost said prosecuted, persecuted and driven back to the Holy land. Yeah. And we've seen that in the past, mm-hmm. but it also, as, as Abby keeps mentioning, how could, how could it not be about the Holocaust? How could it not be right. literally about something so profound and huge in history? That's not that long ago. And it is right. It's like mm-hmm. this happened before. And we're seeing the re-fulfillment. And I think that that's why it's so interesting, at least in my mind, to read Ezekiel and to read Daniel in context of Revelation and be like, all the stuff that happened once Mm -hmm. preceding the first coming of Christ is now happening again preceding the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this stuff is so fascinating and so important. It's rhyming, right? And it's almost like if you understand time differently, it's like sometimes a thing happens well, what about ricochets the ricochets back through time and like when Jesus comes that that's a that's a thing that ricochets back through time. We've talked about this before with the third of uh, the heavenly hosts. It talks yes. about it happening in the past and it talks about it happening in Revelation. Yeah. It a third of the star, stars fall from heaven in Revelation, but we also know that there was rebellion. They already that it already happened. Right. So like we have I think the Bible is like this because God doesn't live in linear time. And it's mm-hmm. like him showing us in the, in the most basic human way we could possibly understand, mm-hmm. which is like, as Paul says, looking through a, a glass darkly, it's like yeah. looking through, uh, what's that glass in the church called? The stained paint, glass window. Stain, it's like looking through a stained glass window and being like, what is going on? Going on? I, I can only kind of get a, a, a shape of a vague sense of shape. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Annie says, (laughs) if anyone's interested, the NLT translation of Ezekiel 2025 says I gave them over to worthless decrees and regulations that would not lead to life. Okay. Okay. So this is what I was saying too, is this sounds like what Jesus was, was talking about. Right. Answered Seder says prophecy inside of prophecies, prophecy inception. Yes. But it's Someone like the is, foothill prophecies and the mountain prophecies, yeah, the shadow yeah. prophecies, and and, uh, and the like. They're connected. It's not that one is false, right? It's not that like you thought that was what it was about, but it secretly wasn't. Like they are both a fulfillment of the same prophecy. Just one happens <clears throat> to be way bigger than the first one. Caveat ties says, "Can you have a fulfillment if only some of the prophecy is completed to fulfill to fill fully?" I was talking to my wife about this. Perhaps it's more like events that don't fully fulfill prophecy. It's an interesting. Think, go I ahead. Think we're you talking about events that do fully fulfill the prophecy, but Twice. then, but then another set of events comes and fully fulfills it in a in an even bigger, more incredible way. This is called dual fulfillment prophecy. Maybe we'll do a stream on it one day okay. where it's just right. We'll gather all the examples of this because there are tons. Yeah. And just off the top of my head, I was thinking about the one with Jesus and, and Abraham or Moses. Mm-hmm. Did I say Abraham? Moses. Jesus yeah. and Moses. Um, that dual it's fulfillment that prophecy. It was, there. Um, it's not that Moses was <clears throat> a, 
didn't fulfill the prophecy. Like there wasn't any part of the prophecy that he didn't fulfill. But right. Jesus was just a much more and the reason for that is because fulfillment. Yeah, Moses brought us the law and Jesus came to fulfill the law. Yes. Right. So, so they're connected. That's why you also. have the dual fulfillment prophecy connecting them is because you mm-hmm. see the beginning and then you see the the full fulfillment, I guess would be a way to put it. But that that prophecy does completely cover both. Right. And that's why they're sometimes I, I think oh, that's the point of dual fulfillment prophecy, right? Is to like link them two together. Go ahead. So this whole passage about the sword and just like slaughter of yeah. Jews, you have one fulfillment of this prophecy that is scattering the Jews. Yes. Right. And then another the fulfillment of the, the prophecy, second, it gathers. That's my point, right? It's like dual fulfillment prophecy, but it's like back and forth, right? Because you've got, as we said, yeah. as we pointed out, you've got 70 AD and the destruction of the temple mm-hmm. and the scattering of the Jews and the persecution. Mm-hmm. And then the people in that area literally renaming Israel, Palestine at, mm-hmm. on purpose as into like a big middle finger to the Jews who are st- still living there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got another slaughtering of the Jews, but it brings them back into mm-hmm. the promised land. It's very interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's what we have for you guys tonight. Um, let's pray one more time before we end this stream. Uh, so dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today. Um, I just pray that again, um, as we work through, uh, the Bible together, as we do life together, as we, as we come together to try to understand your word, to try to more fully bring ourselves in line with, with, uh, who you need us to be and who you want us to be, Lord, that, um, you just humble us, that you help us through this, throughout this week to just wrestle with, with the text and wrestle with. Uh, understanding and come to you and pray and, and and to work together, but also as individuals in our relationship with you to, to fully better understand this stuff, Lord. And I just pray that you watch over and bless people this week as they go into Thanksgiving, as people are traveling to see family and loved ones. I pray that you are with Abby and I as we continue to uh, work together to, to do to do the stuff that we're building here with conspiracy pilled Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunities. We thank you for the people who are here that support us. We thank you for the opportunities that you've given us Lord. And we just thank you and praise you. Um, pray that we can all go out and have a good week and Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Amen. So, all right, guys, uh, dudes. So we've got stuff coming out. I just want to point this out. Yeah. So Abby is going to be busy Wednesday with family stuff. So we're going to have a lease from quirks of creation uh, you know, I I've met her before, but I think you know, we'll see. We'll do a, we'll do a show together. We're talking about, um, the Clinton kill list. And outside of that, we should actually have something coming out like every day this week on rumble on YouTube, on locals. If you're on locals and stuff like that, you'll get it first. You'll get it early. Uh, same with Rockfin. But there's a lot of stuff coming out this week. So as you guys are traveling to see family, uh, check out what we've got uploaded. We've got stuff coming out literally every day for the next four days. And some of it's new, some of it's stuff you guys haven't seen. Some of the stuff you guys don't know about. Abby recorded a whole new series that we're releasing this week that on Thursday, that was well, very I recorded fun. The, fr- the first one. Of, yeah. I didn't I said. record a whole series. Just the first but it is a part. It's the part it's of a new be series. A series, but it's just like real conspiracies is one of our new series. And I saw people talking about inception in discord and, and ragging on inception. So I, like, I don't know if oh, you guys enjoy being sorry. wrong. 
but let's not do that, guys. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. Everybody, have a great night. We will see you. Is today? What is today? Is it Monday? It's Monday. We'll see you in two days, guys. Plus. <laughs>